we are continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And you know, fruit doesn't just arrive in Asda or Sainsbury's or Lidl or wherever you shop. It doesn't just appear on the uh, shelves, does it? It takes time and effort and money to make it sown. It has to grow. It has to be tended. And then it has to be harvested and then delivered to where it's going to be bought to the shops. And that's exactly the same how it is in our lives as well. If we're going to see the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't one day, oh, I feel so much in love today. Oh, today I'm going to be faithful and kind and gracious. It doesn't happen like that, does it? It's a period of time that we see the maturity of things growing in our lives. It's an interesting word, fruit. Karpos. And metaphorically, it's saying it's coming from something else. We have got the fruit of the Spirit because we know God and we want to follow him and know more about him. If you remember, in uh, the Gospel of John, John writes about Jesus being the vine and we are the branches. So you can imagine that having the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is like a partnership with God, saying, yes, I want to know more about you. I want to mature in the things that you want me to mature in, to know you more and to have my character changed. So today is the fifth time we've been talking about these things Now, if you're a biblical scholar, you will know all of the fruit anyway. But if you've been here the last few weeks, can you remember them? And can you remember the previous four in the right order? Yes, someone said. So that was Fiona, I think. So go on, Fiona. Tell us because you're so confident. Love, joy, peace, patience. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you still remember? Yes. So the first time we were talking about love, and then it was joy, peace, and then last time we are talking about patience. That exactly is right. So, of course, this morning we might have a smattering about all of that as well, but what are we thinking about then? If we've had those four, the fifth one is? Kindness. Kindness. Oh, you're all brilliant. That's it. That's exactly the right answer. We're thinking about Kindness. And what I want us to encourage ourselves to do is to, to sow kindness liberally and faithfully to the people that we meet. One thing that strikes me about God, okay, one thing today, we could sort of say a lot of things that strike us about God, couldn't we? But one thing today that strikes me about God is this verse in Jeremiah. He says, I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. And that's from the NIV. Two important words, exercises and delight. I like eating tiramisu. So what do I do? I eat it. I enjoy it. I enjoy eating tiramisu. So every month or so, I'll just either we'll make one or we'll buy one. I bet you do things you enjoy. There's all things, sorts of things that we sometimes have to do that perhaps we don't enjoy. But I bet a lot of the things that you do in your life, reading, walking, 
meeting friends, drinking tea or coffee, texting people, all these sorts of things you enjoy doing, and so you do it. You exercise, so you get better at it. Can you, don't, don't tell me out loud, it's rhetorical, but can you think of something in your life that you do a lot of, and it's very pleasant, very enjoyable, you enjoy it a lot? Yeah, we all can, can't we? And it's the same with God. He loves kindness, justice, and righteousness. He delights in them. He thinks, wow, I love doing this. I love showing kindness to people. And that's why he does it. And is that a great example for us to follow? If God delights in showing kindness to us and the whole human race, then surely that's a brilliant thing for us to do as well. I'm going to say a bland word. Nice. Being kind doesn't equal being nice. I don't know what nice means, really. I don't know if I'm nice very often. But being kind doesn't mean that you're going to be nice. And let me tell you why. There's another Greek word coming up. Here it is. Chrysostos. And it's a noun from Chrysostos. And it's useful or profitable. So as it says, when we are kind to people, it's meeting their real needs in God's way and in God's timing. It's not about being nice. It's about doing something definite, something important, something that's going to change people and encourage people. Being kind helps, encourages, and makes people feel better. And I know in my life, and perhaps in yours, we need God's supernatural help to help us to do that whether we're using our words, our money, our time or a skill, we need God to supernaturally ripen this fruit of kindness in us. We know a large number of people that we love need kindness at the moment. Our kindness can transform the situation that our people may be in. They've still got to get through the situation. But kindness and love helps people to really know that God is with them. It makes it more manageable. I've written down Lynn and Paul just here. So I'm going to say it anyway, even though it's a hard thing to say. Lynn and Paul need our kindness. I've written down Jeff and Kath. They need our kindness. The thing is, I know that all of us need kindness to varying degrees. Some people are really sort of going through it and life is very difficult and hard. They obviously need kindness. But we all need to show kindness to everyone. It might be that someone that you don't know is really feeling hard at the moment and feeling like life isn't good. A text, a message can make all the difference to them. You don't know what's going on in my life, do you? But you know, sometimes someone will ring me up and say, how you doing John? I've got a good smile anyway, but something like that makes me feel even better. And it's the same for all of us. 
we can all text and email and ring up and go and see and send a card. And we don't always obviously need encouragement, but everyone does really. So this is something that we can all exercise and get better at. We can sow liberally into people's lives lots of kindness. We can take action. It might only seem small to you, but to someone else, it could be something that really changes their day or changes their week. I've got this quote from a lady. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Give not only your care, but also your heart. She was a very famous lady. People really know her as St. Teresa, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And that's what she said. She was saying, kindness will cost you. And it will, won't it? If we're going to love people and show kindness to them, it will mean we're not just going to keep on with our own routines. We're going to be looking around and saying, Lord, how can I bless so-and-so this week? Even in a small way, in our ideas, Lord, how can I bless them and encourage them? It will cost. But God shows his delight in showing kindness. So that's something that we can do as followers of Jesus. We can show delight in being kind to people. A smile. It's all it takes sometimes. Eye contact. Just saying, I'm really listening to you. You matter. Diane read a, a, the, a really famous reading to us earlier. And I was wondering about it this week, thinking, was that famous father, I've called him the wronged father, was he showing kindness to either of his sons? And I've thought about it a bit this week because, like, his younger son really wanted his dad dead, didn't he? Because he wanted the money. He wanted the money rather than his dad. And yet his dad gave him the money, his inheritance. So I was thinking... Was that his dad being kind? And then we read about when the son has decided he needs to come back and he doesn't come back and his dad is reading the newspaper and just sort of sitting down and, oh, you're back then. The father is looking and thinking, wow, I hope my son comes back today. And then the next day he's looking again and just thinking, where's my son? I ache for not seeing him. But was it kindness? I don't think it was. I think it was duty. And I'm only saying this to make you think, because that's always a good thing to make you think. Reuben, our son, has been at university the last three years. So what have we done? We've given Reuben money, the the two of us, over the last three years to help him while he's at university. Was that kindness? Not at all. It was just being mum and dad, because that's what mum and dad do. They give money, don't they? So I'm suggesting that the father looking wasn't kindness. It was just dad being dad. Because that's what you do. If you're a parent or a husband or a wife or have a relationship with anyone, you want to do good to them. Not because you want to be kind, but you just want to be good to them. 
But I want you to think about the story that Jesus told of another person, the Good Samaritan. Because whereas I think the father of the prodigal son didn't really show kindness, it was just duty, again, just to make you think, the Good Samaritan definitely showed kindness. Let's just remind you what happened. There was this chap who was travelling from Jericho to Jerusalem, the other way around, I can't remember. But he was travelling, and what happened was he was ambushed. People saw he had sort of a nice Rolex watch on or something. And so what they thought is, we'll get him, get all his money off him, and it doesn't matter about him. And so he was duffed up and left for dead. That's what the Bible says. I think that's what the Greek originally is, duffed up. But then what happens is, a chap comes along who you'd expect to look after him because he was a Jew, a good Jew. And then another one comes along. So a Levite and a priest come along, but they do something quite the opposite. Say uh, the uh, chappy was there, and here's the road. They're just over here because, remember, it's a bit of a gradient, and they're sort of coming along, and they see this person in the gutter, you could say, And so they're thinking, oh, I am clean. I am respectable. I have to keep away from dead bodies. I can't sort of go near them. And so he'd come as far as as he can over this side of the road and just leave them there because he was more thinking about himself, both of them were, than the person who was in need. Think about the Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans... Did they mix well? Did they get on? Not at all. For generations and generations, going back a long, long time, they weren't pals at all. The races didn't mix together. And yet, the Samaritan, coming along on his way, would have seen what was going on here, and he would have seen what he was a Jew from what he was wearing, and instead of going on the other side, it goes to him. Banges up his wounds, put oil on, puts him on his donkey or mule or something, takes him to an inn and then tells the innkeeper, if it's going to cost you any more than this, when I'm coming back, I'm going to sort of pay you back. That was kindness. The Levite and the priest, more interested in looking after themselves and their purity. The good Samaritan showed practical kindness in a really large measure? This is a rhetorical question. Are you a kind neighbour? Do you put love in action to strangers, to people that don't deserve it, to people that you don't like? Are you a kind neighbour? How did Jesus show kindness to other people? Let's just look at one example. In Mark chapter 3, there's a brilliant story about how Jesus showed kindness to a man on the Sabbath. He was ill, withered hand, and the scribes and the Pharisees wanted to test Jesus because they saw that Jesus was different. Jesus had authority, and the scribes and the Pharisees didn't really, not true authority. 
they wanted Jesus dead because they were disturbing the equilibrium of what life was like at that time. That didn't stop Jesus from being kind. They were trying to trap Jesus by, can we do this on the Sabbath or not? And yet Jesus healed, was kind, first to the person, and then he was making the scribes and the Pharisees think about what life was all about. In Mark uh, chapter 3, verse 4, Jesus says this, What kind of action suits the Sabbath best, doing good or doing evil, helping people or leaving them helpless? You probably might remember what the response of the scribes and Pharisees. The Bible says, no one said a word. Now, there's two Greek words for being silent. One where it's a voluntary, I am going to be silent. And the other word, which says, I don't want to be silent, but I don't know what to say. It's this latter one. Those scribes and Pharisees wanted to answer back Jesus and say, ah, but how about this? But they were stumped. They had no idea what to say to Jesus because he showed kindness when they were showing bitterness. He showed love and compassion when all they were interested in, just like the Levite and the priest, were their own standing within their community and not being interested in the love and support that other people needed. I love Jesus' kindness. Jesus' kindness has transformed me. And is still transforming me. When I meet with Jesus, he shows me kindness and love. I bet he does the same for you as well. When you meet Jesus... Every day, every hour maybe. I bet he's saying to you, wow, I love you. Here's my hand. Come and walk with me in the still of the night or in the still of the morning. I love you. You're important to me. We read at the end of Acts that Paul was on his way to Rome and there was a shipwreck. This is what happened because Luke, who wrote Acts, says something very important about the people of Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. Or in another uh, sort of uh, translation, the Maltese people found us and were extraordinarily kind to us. And then the Amplified, the natives showed us an unusual and remarkable kindness. And when I just sort of dug into this a little bit more, I was, wow, this is brilliant. Let me get you affected, just like I was as well. Because, you know, the Greek is such an interesting language that I'm just still learning about and I want to dig deeper into it. Because the Greek here is marvellous. Here it is. The Maltese were not showing the ordinary, i.e. hit the bullseye kindness or love of mankind. This uh, Greek word 
philanthropian, you know, philanthropic. That's what it is. It's also in Titus as well. But this Greek word is hitting the target, hitting the bullseye, doing what is expected. Even doing, getting like at the Commonwealth Games, if you get the bullseye or whatever, you sort of, oh, I've done really well. But here's the challenge that God has been saying to me. Don't just hit the bullseye. Do more. Don't just do what is expected of you, being kind to other people, and you think they're going to be kind to you. Do more. Now, I don't know if I'm doing archery how you can, or playing darts, how you can get better than hitting the bullseye. But God's ten-dimensional, isn't he? And somehow we can do more than hitting the bullseye. And that's what God's calling us all to do. Don't just hit the bullseye. Don't just do what's expected of you in kindness. Do more. That's a tricky one. On Friday afternoon, I had a David Attenborough experience. Do you mind if I just show you that? An example from nature on Friday at home. It was happening to me. I was in the garden. And there were some ants. I thought, I know, I'll just go and get some powder because that's what I do with ants. I don't know if I should have said that, but, but I do. I get powder for ants. It's a special powder that the ants don't seem to like. But I sort of put this powder down and then I saw these two large ants just scurrying away from the powder. They, they were clever ants, obviously. And so this one big, quite big ant, was scurrying towards the shed. And I was watching it. I was thinking... That's got away from the powder. Then all of a sudden, this big spider came from underneath the shed, took the the ant and went under the shed again. That wasn't kindness. (laughs) I don't know know if they had a dance or a discourse under the shed. I've got an idea what they did under the shed, or at least what the spider did. But that isn't kindness, was it? That wasn't the spider saying, oh, Keep away from the white stuff, uh, little ant, because that's harmful for your digestion and you'll soon die. I think he gobbled him up, don't you? I think that's what happened. How easy it is for us just to gobble people up, not be kind, and just thrash out. And I'll use the word be nasty. Instead of being kind. The Maltese, remember, didn't just show kindness. They went way beyond what was expected of them. Kindness doesn't always make people happy. In Proverbs 13.24, in the Amplified, it says, He who withholds the rod of discipline hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines and trains him diligently and appropriately with wisdom and love. Sometimes being kind to people can mean give a challenging word. Some of you know I'm a piano teacher as well as leading the church. And you wouldn't be surprised for me to say to you that sometimes people don't practice the way I expect them to practice. It's true. And what do I do? Do I get my finger out? No, I don't. I say a kind word As each week goes on, it might get a stronger kind word about how to practice and what to do and what sort of things to focus on. But I still say a kind word. 
Parents, we know we have to discipline our children. We have to say things that they maybe don't like. But it's a kind word because we're helping them to grow up in the right way. Leading the church here, I know sometimes I have to give a kind word, but that kind word to people can be a challenge, can be something that people don't always welcome at first. It's not going to stop me saying it. I think about it in love and think about it over a good few days, what to say, what context it needs to be in, but I still need to say things. And that's the same for all of us. Sometimes the kind word we may say may be hard. But often, it'll cost us, but it was good for the people that receives it. Last quick point. Is it possible that you could show unusual kindness to others in a liberal and faithful way? Yes, it is. All we need to do is ask God to help us. We've been talking about kindness today. And we're saying, yes, God loves kindness. We need to be liberal in the way we act kindly, speak kindly, even think kindly about others. Because we know we're not saved by works, but we're saved for works of goodness and love and kindness. So let's ask God to help us because it's a tricky thing to do. And by ourselves, it's very hard. So I'm going to pray, and then Jill's going to help us to respond to some of these thoughts. Lord, we thank you that you love kindness. You exercise kindness to us, not just 2,000 years ago when you died, but continually. Lord, you still exercise kindness towards us and our friends and our families and our loved ones. Lord, Will you help us to be like that good Samaritan who exercised kindness to a stranger, someone his people didn't really like? Help us, Lord, to go beyond the bullseye, to love and show kindness to others as you lead us. Help us to make a positive difference in other people's lives, Lord. Amen.